Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. As promised, let's head to Euless and Yvonne. This is Jim. How can I help you? Well, my house uh, is going to need to have a new air conditioning unit, is my understanding, because the R22 Freon is not going to be available beginning 2020 and i'm just wondering i had someone tell me they knew someone that replaced theirs with a new unit they had a two-story house so they got two units and it cost them like sixty thousand dollars and i'm like wow that's more like a mortgage and i'm just wondering my house is a small house and i have i think i've got like a thirteen thousand btu or so but but it's a small house i got fourteen thousand square uh fourteen hundred square feet yeah okay and uh, I'm just wondering if you could give me an idea of what something like that should cost for a small house and if there's anybody you would recommend in the uh, Fort Worth area that could look at it for me. And let me ask you a couple quick questions. How old is okay. the system you currently have? I replaced it in 2007. Okay. Are you having any issues with it? No. Then you don't mm-hmm. need to replace it. Oh, really? Well, I won't be able to get the R22, though, next year. Oh, you'll be able to get it for years to come. These these companies who are going out there and telling people that R22 is going away in 2020 are just trying to scare you into buying a new unit before you need it. R22 will no longer be manufactured effective January 1st, 2020, but they have such a stockpile that I don't think they're going to be able to get rid of all of it before people are done using the product. Wow. Uh, when when they switched the air conditioning systems to the 410A, it was because they were phasing R22 out. And everybody, everybody got so afraid that, oh, we're not going to be able to get it. The manufacturers of R22 made a bunch of it. A lot of companies started stockpiling it. And there is just tons of this stuff out there right now. Wow, and that you is get, so good to know. You've got nothing to worry about. I mean, your system is basically 12 years old. It's not unusual for a system to last 15, 20 years. It may go out tomorrow. I mean, I, I can't yeah. say it, it won't, but definitely just because the the uh, R22 is going to be no longer manufactured, don't, don't let that scare you at all. Oh, good. That's such a relief because I don't have $30,000 if that's what the well, a realistic number, since you've already got central air and heat, uh, on a 1,400-square-foot house, realistically, you were probably looking at something. I'm using really round numbers because it could go either okay. way, a couple thousand, but 8,000. Okay. Really? Yes, ma'am. Wow. Wow. That I'm is, not, sh- I'm not sure what somebody put in for 60, but I sure wish my AC company would have got that job. no kidding well i don't know i don't know if all the duct work had to be replaced or i mean you know that's that figure scared the devil out of me and of course my person that i usually have come and do my maintenance every year uh before i turn on the air they said they're not going to be able to get it come january 1 no that's not true I, i own an ac company in houston and you're 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 going to be able to buy it for years to come. They have not phased out selling it. 
The only thing they have phased out is the manufacturing of it. So is it going to cost a whole lot more since they're not making it anymore? or it, The cost had gone way up. Uh, in fact, it got up to like $130 f- uh, a pound, and it's come way back down again. Oh, good. Uh, so good. Is, it, is it going to be more than the 410A? Absolutely. But okay. it's still cheaper than changing out the AC system over it. Well, I went online to see if I could buy R22. You can And I noticed that you could get, oh, you can't because there was something that you could get, like a five-pound can or something like that. Yeah. You, you technically okay. have to have a license in order to uh, get it and install it on an AC system because it well, is no, regulated I'm... by the EPA. And Yvonne, I hate to do this, but i got to take a break for news, traffic, and weather. We'll be back with more Texas Home Improvement. I have a two-story house built in 1996 that needs to get the attic insulation updated. It is currently a blown-in fiberglass wool type, however, has settled and is fairly thin now, and cooling costs have been going up over the years. There are so many options, from blown-in to fiberglass batting to spray-in foam, with or without radiant barrier and so on. What is the best approach for updating the insulation? Thanks. Well, David, you're right. There's tons of approaches, and everybody will try to tell you theirs is the best way to go. Well, you know, all of them work. All of them have their pluses and their minuses. So if you are thinking about blown-in insulation, it works great. It really does. But it's unbelievably expensive. And if you put in a blown-in insulation that is, say, an R39, That is no different than putting in fiberglass insulation that's R39. So why spend the extra money? Your energy savings is the exact same. And I know a lot of times what you're going to hear is, oh, well, but the attic is cooler, therefore your heating cooling system doesn't have to work as hard. That air conditioning system in the attic is just the blower to circulate the air. It doesn't know the difference between that attic being 125 degrees or that attic being 85 degrees, it will not make a difference on your energy bill. If you go with a cellulose insulation, easy to blow it in. Over time, though, it settles and it does deteriorate. It it starts turning to dust as it deteriorates. You can go with a fiberglass blown-in insulation. Same thing. Over time, it will deteriorate, but it doesn't turn to dust. It just compacts. So it's really not deteriorating, it just settles. Bat-type insulation, fiberglass, you put it in, it's there to stay, but it's kind of a pain in the butt to put in. But the advantage of it is, once it's there, it's always there. It doesn't compact over time. So typically, that is what I recommend, is the bat-type insulation for the simple reason you don't have to mess with it again. Once you've put it in, you're done. Uh, So in our climate, normally I'm going to tell you, go with something that's going to get you up in that R39, R49 range. Very energy efficient. The bad insulation doesn't cost you a lot to buy it, especially if you want to put it in yourself. And if your current insulation is up to, say, the top of the ceiling joist, put the rolled-out bad insulation in the opposite direction of the ceiling joist so it's like a checkerboard. 
Uh, it's just an easy way to put a nice solid blanket up there to insulate. My other favorite thing though is a radiant barrier. In my own home I don't have a lot of insulation in the attic but I do have a multi-layer radiant barrier that lays on the attic floor. Really easy to install yourself. Uh, doesn't cost a whole heck of a lot of money but again it saves you a ton on your energy bills. Let's head up to the woodlands and David this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey Jim how you doing? Wonderful. Hey, I got a. Uh, we ran into a, a problem when you talk about those contractors. Anyway, uh, uh, we had some uh, uh, Spanish tiger bamboo laid down, and uh, after about three months of it being laid down in the dining room and living room, we started seeing black spots and black lines showing up in certain parts of it. We called out the. We called the the, the store. And uh, they sent an inspector out, and they said there's water leakage from the bottom. He said it wasn't, and he, he looked at the flooring, and he said it wasn't laid correctly. I said, okay. Uh, anyway, trying to get a hold of contractor, he didn't call me back. I'm having to, in the process now of getting another one. But with water coming up from the slab, what would be the causes of that? Would it be like a cracked foundation or... No. What? Uh, it can be moisture just plain going through the concrete itself. Concrete is porous and moisture does travel through it. Uh, if you've got any standing water around the house when it rains, that can contribute to it. If you've got broken pipes under the slab, and not, I'm talking sewer pipes, that can contribute to it. Um, if, the, if the house is on any type of slope and subsurface moisture travels through the soil that can come up right so there's a, a lot of things that can cause it uh you know what what gets me is these flooring stores they love to sell you the floor but they don't ever test to see if the concrete can have it put on and as wet as it's been the last three years this has been a real problem with putting gluing down floors on concrete slabs it was a it was a i'm sorry yeah Go it ahead. was a free float it was a oh free it is float, a free floating so. yeah did they did they not put the the uh barrier underneath it or what did they do wrong well we're having that that's where the other contractor that we find will have to determine we've gone through a, uh, doing my own research and through your articles and stuff uh I realized what it needed to be done, but I don't know if he if he did it. And if he yeah. did do it, he didn't lay the, the, the underlayment up the two inches up the wall, the, the inspector said, which would have, have helped bring some moisture in. Now a question was raised that maybe, like you said, maybe I don't have the right flooring. So how would I determine what would be the correct flooring for the slab? But that, it's, a, it's a 1976 uh, built home, uh, one of the first areas in the uh, in the woodlands. Okay. Yeah, and those slabs they are they are really coarse. I mean, uh, so there is a lot of air where moisture can come up through them. Everybody worries about a, a crack being in them. That's usually not the issue. But all concrete has cracks. Uh, right. 
the the moisture typically doesn't come up through that any more so than it does through the regular slab around it. Uh, so don't don't let that concern you a great deal. As far as what you do, normally if you put in a floating wood floor like you did, that's all you need to do. Uh, it's the it's the barrier that goes underneath it, the sound deadening barrier. Right. Is also a vapor barrier. That's what typically protects the wood floor. And I got to be honest, out of all the years I've been doing this show, you're the first one who's called in about a floating floor having this issue. And I'm betting money they didn't put the barrier under it. Wow. Okay. Okay, now that that brings up another question. Uh, We've had bad luck with contractors, okay? Until I started listening to your show. Man, you're a good plug for the show. Well, hey, I'm going to tell you what. You were right. There are a lot of scam artists out there. Yes, there are. talk a good show. They talk a good show. They're very likable. They have a crew. They tend to do things almost right. Yeah. And it's that almost that will just bite you in the ass. Oh, I'm yep. sorry. Didn't mean to swear. That's okay. And, uh, uh, so I'm calling for a recommendation, if you can give it, on an, uh, obviously, if it's from you, it's an honest and reliable contractor that would be able to come take out, take a look at this floor. And there's some other areas that need to be done also but who would you recommend to come take a look at this i actually don't have anybody up in the woodlands that i can recommend for flooring what about just a general contractor yes texas remodel team texas remodel team yep and okay. his number is 281-612-5991. Texas Remodel Group. Anyone Team. particular I need to ask for? Uh, well, the, the the owner is Tim, but he's he's got guys who, who work for him. He's, <clears throat> he's got quite a few guys, but they, they do a jam-up job. Okay. Well, if you recommend them, then um, that you've never given me any uh, uh, or on the show any poor recommendations, so I'll go with that. Okay. Great. Now, one other thing. Would you or can you recommend a type of flooring that would be durable? We have animals and, well, you know, spills and stuff that's in a, uh, a wood type of a product, either yeah. bamboo or whatever. Uh- Bamboo is actually a very durable floor, but it does, uh, you know, when you start talking about wet, it, it's not going to do well. But if you go over to Floor and Decor, they've actually got, got they've they've got some wood floors that are I shouldn't say wood floors. They got some floors that look like wood that are designed for wet areas and they are extremely okay. durable. Would that be okay then to have that type of flooring in like in a kitchen instead of the yes. of a, a tile? That's exactly what it's made for. Great. Kitchens and by and the bathrooms. way, I didn't I, I didn't say the, the the tile or the wood flooring uh, store I got because I didn't know if I could say it. But since you did, it was floor and decor that we got oh, yeah. the original. Oh no, no, that's that's fine. The the floors are probably fine, but it sounds like they didn't put the moisture barrier. 
Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. James, how are you today? Fine, Jim. My son built a new home in the Heights, uh, kind of crack houses, uh, more or less, two-story. I mean, the builder is uh, pretty similar on his build, and it's about six months old. Uh-huh. And there's cracks showing up all over, Jim. And he he paid pretty good amount of money for this house, and we're getting concerned. He called the builder, and they said they would take a look at it later. And, and he's only had, they only said he had only a 12-month warranty on the slab. Well, uh, and they haven't gotten out there yet. And I told my son he needed to get a second opinion. There's, there's like, uh, places, they're real small, but they're little cracks. Pretty much it's two-story all over the house. And is that something to be concerned about? Typically, yes. It, now, let's talk yeah. about the cracks real quick. It, it's in the sheetrock, correct? It's in the sheetrock, the trim, the just, it's just wherever, and, and it's both, both the top story, too, same thing. Yeah, and the cracks, are they straight line following the sheetrock joints, or are they diagonal coming off of corners of doors and windows? Uh, no, they're not coming off of corners and windows. They're just uh, straight line cracks. Okay. This very well could be then that they didn't do a good job on the tape and float. Because uh, typically if it's foundation movement, it's going to be a diagonal crack above a door or window. Uh, that's the notorious sign that your foundation is moving. Not to say that you know straight line cracks following the sheetrock joints can't be foundation movement, but the majority of the time, that's just a matter of they didn't do a good job of taping and floating, and that's easily repaired then. Okay. Well, they're going to come out and cover it up, apparently is what they're saying, and we were just concerned down the road because this house yep. has been this for quite a while. <laughs> Here's oh yeah, here's what I would suggest. Uh, if you'll call my office at Due West, have one of my guys come out and take a look at it. They can draw the house up, take elevation readings, and you now have a benchmark for where that house is sitting. And even if five years from now, ten years from now, you wanted to get the house rechecked, we email a copy of those readings to you. You keep that. And no matter who comes out and checks it, they got a benchmark to to go off of to see if it's moved and how much. And as far as them saying a 12-month warranty on a, on a foundation, uh, typically builders have a 10-year warranty on foundations. Now, a lot of them like to say they only have a one-year, but when if it ever ends up going into court, they'd lose because people are expecting to have longer than 12 months on something like a foundation. The AC guy nor I can find where the condensate goes outside. It has stopped up twice already this summer and backs up in the house. There's no apparent wet spot around the slab foundation. The 1,400 square foot house was built in 1985 and has one unit on the side. Any suggestions on how to find it? 
Thank you. Well, if it has one unit and it has a condensate line, if you don't find one going outside, it's got to be going into the sewer system somewhere, which is very normal for a house built in 85 or later. Uh, one of the places you can check is underneath all the sinks. See if there's any type of tube going into the drain line under a bathroom sink above the P-trap. That would be a condensate line. In some cases, they actually built the condensate line to drain straight into a sewer pipe. Uh, normally, that's going to uh, be where you can see it, though, where the pipe would either be going down through a closet into the slab, or uh, you should be able to see it up in the attic if it's an attic unit uh, where it's tying in. So I'm not sure why the AC guy can't find it. As far as is there a way to find it? Yes, a tracer can be put on the pipe. Uh, and if for some reason they can't trace it that way, they can push a wire through the pipe and trace it with the tracer line to find out exactly where that condensate line is. Normally, when they're plugging up that way, it's normally a matter of blowing the line out with compressed nitrogen and then uh, keep it cleaned out by using bleach. Dump like two cups of bleach through it uh, every month or two for a little while to kill everything that's in it. And once you get that done where it's flowing good, if you put the bleach in there typically once a quarter, that should be enough to keep it cleaned out. We're preparing to build on 25 acres and wanting to include an in-ground pool. This will be our first experience with a pool, so have no idea about finding a pool builder or things to know when watch out for. Love your program and newsletters. Would really appreciate any suggestions regarding contractors and things to do to know going into this project. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and expertise. Carla. And this is from out in Gainesville. Well, Carla, I, honestly, I don't know any pool builders in the Gainesville area, but we can talk in general about finding a contractor. First thing, make sure they have an office. Pool builder is not something you want a guy in a truck to do. Uh, you know, if you're putting up a fence, hey, and you want to use Chuck in a truck, okay. When it comes to doing something intricate, like a swimming pool that needs to withstand the test of time, you've got to be sure to get the right contractor. So, they need an office. You're really looking for somebody who's been in business for a good period of time. Not somebody who's got so many years of experience, but somebody who has actually been in business with the same name for a good period of time. Uh, normally, I'm looking for a minimum of five years. And why do I pick five years? Because most companies that fail, fail in the first five years. So, you got that out of the way. Check with the BBB, and not that they're, that I'm, I'm using that as a gospel to, to tell me yes or no to use somebody, but what I'm looking for is unanswered complaints. You know, are they really taking care of business? Check with referrals. You're looking for somebody, uh, you're looking for customers who they've done work for and what you're looking for is oh yes the pool came out looking great now we had that three week period of time where they didn't come out and work 
you're looking to see that they stayed working on the pool the whole time. Uh, you can check with suppliers and vendors, things like that if you want. But understand, there is no licensed contractors in Texas. You got plumbing, electrical, air conditioning. Those are, but licensed for contractors themselves, no. So you'll, you'll want to be very careful because your pool does require electrical work being done. It does require plumbing work being done and things like that. So uh, make sure that they're using people who are approved for doing that type of work. Beyond that, go out and see a pool if you can. Make sure it's what you're looking for. And my last piece of advice, make sure you use the upper end parts. The biggest thing, the biggest problem I see with swimming pools all the time is uh, we go with the cheapest contractors who use the cheapest parts, and we get breaks in the pipes and different things like that that cause leaks. Those leaks wreak havoc with your home and the surrounding area. Other than that, a pool's great, lots of work to keep, keep, keep up with it and stuff, but where people complain about chemicals all the time, properly cared for, the chemicals really just don't beat you up too bad. Enjoy the pool. I have brick that is beginning to chip flake and some cases crack. The building were built in 78-79. I need to replace about three dozen bricks, but I haven't been able to find a color match. Do you have any idea who I could contact to help match the color of the bricks? The bricks have a stamp on the end that says Mexico. That's the only clue I have as to from where the bricks may have come. Any help or advice is greatly appreciated. P.S. I have pictures of the brick. Please let me know if there's a way I can send the pictures. Well, Roger, um, the problem is back in the 70s, we were importing a lot of junk brick from Mexico. It's a very soft clay brick that, and I have it on my house as well, uh, that it, it is subject to doing that. As far as where you're going to get some of it, uh, because of the way that brick was made, it's going to be difficult to find any place other than a scrap yard that may have it. There are some places, I can't tell you who they are right now, uh, don't, that uh, when they dismantle buildings, you know, they save stuff like that. But truthfully, your best bet to find some is you'll probably see your same brick in your neighborhood on different homes. And in some cases, they made planter boxes out of them, things like that. And you're going to have to just watch for somebody who's doing away with a planter box or something and say, hey, I'll take those bricks off your hand. And that's where you're going to get the brick because the brick you're going to find at the scrapyard place is going to be brick that came in that way. Uh, that's the way they hunt it down. Now, some of your companies who repair bricks can actually take a brick that's cracked and put it back together and make it look like it doesn't have a crack in it uh, but you'll just have to deal with your brick mason who's going to do the tuck pointing in order to to find that out and that's going to be your best bets for for finding it it's just not going to be readily at any store hey this is the place to go to to get brick you just plain have to just keep hunting it down my son would like to replace the shower curtain with a shower door to the bathtub in the guest bathroom I looked at Lowe's and all required drilling into the tile. The house is 11 years old. There are frameless doors and 
and doors with aluminum framing, what would you recommend and who could you recommend to do the install? Not sure we want to tackle this job ourselves. Thank you so much. I really enjoy your show. I listen every weekend. Well, Teresa, you actually can tackle this yourself. Drilling holes through tile is not all that complicated. You get just a tiny little chip into the tile and they make a tile drill bit that you can drill those holes in with. Uh, and once you've got that hole drilled, the rest of it is so simple to install. And whether you go with a frameless or a frame type, you're going to have to drill some holes through the tile. So as far as a contractor to do it, uh, there's uh, Houston Bath and & Glass and companies like that who can do it for you. But truly, if your son wants to try it, here's what I would recommend. You get the template. You mark where the door is going to go and where everything gets drilled. You can set it in place to see how it's going to look. Then do the drilling. The big thing you got to watch, don't put too much pressure because that is what can crack the tile. But as long as you're gentle with it, you'll have no problem. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 